Look with me in 1 John chapter 4 and one verse, verse number 19 this morning, which kind of summarizes what we heard from the choir and even what, Taylor, what you shared from your heart. Uh, it's an incredible thing what God does in our lives. Look at this one short verse. The Bible says we love him. <laughs> they had no idea what I was really preaching on. We love him because he first loved us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for that love that was evidenced through the sending of your dear son into this sin-cursed world to live a perfect life, to offer his life as a ransom for our sin, to be buried and then to rise again, conquering death, hell, and the grave. Lord, I pray that today that you would encourage our hearts, God, that you would challenge our hearts, that we might fall more in love with thee. And God, we'll be careful to give you the praise for it. We'll be careful to give you the honor for it. Because we pray it in the name of your dear son and for his sake. Amen. Many times, many times our love for the Lord is based on, if we're not, if we're, if we're totally transparent and honest, many times our so-called love for the Lord is based on what he has done for us, right? Or in the many ways in which he has blessed us. I want to start out by making kind of maybe an illustration here. I want you all to know that... Uh, Krista is a wonderful wife. And she's like, what? I didn't see this in your notes. That's because you have not seen my notes. She's a wonderful wife. She's an amazing mother. She's smart. She's super talented in so many ways. She doesn't get the credit she deserves. She's a great cook. She's a great helpmate. No, by the way, this is not Pastor's Wife Appreciation Day. This is just some thoughts from my heart. She's a wonderful helpmate, and on and on I could go. But here's the thing. I want each of you to know that I loved her before I learned many of the things I know about her. I loved her before she was my wife. I loved her before she was mom to our kids. I loved her before I ate her cooking or before she ate mine. I loved her before I understood all of her many, many talents. Yes, I loved her because I developed a love for her, the person, Krista Lynn Rittenhouse. Now you say, well, what's the big deal? Can we get on to the scripture? Well, the point is, I'm not sure who loved who first. As our verse tells us quite clearly that God loved us first. I'm not sure whether... Now, she will probably tell you that I loved her first. And I won't argue with that. I don't think it really makes a difference, really, in our relationship. Because here's what I know about my relationship with my wife. Is that I love her more now than I loved her back then. And I just have a small glimmer of hope in my prayers that she loves me more now than she loved me back then. Okay. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> just wanted to see how I'm doing. <laughs> right? 
The point is that my love for her and her love for me over the years has grown. And to be honest with you guys, let's just be real honest. Let's strip away all the facade. Let's get away from all of the, the things that we think church is all about as a body of believers. I think the same should be true of our love relationship with God. He loved us completely. He's, he's given everything he has. He doesn't have to do another stinking thing for us. And yes, I said stinking. He doesn't have to do any more for you and I because he's already done it all. Through his own son, Jesus Christ. But I think that we ought to grow our love for him. Back in our text, the Bible says, when it comes to God, it says, it says we love him. Because he first loved us. We know all the verses. We know John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We know that the Bible says in Romans 5.8, which is really good because in verse 5.6 it says that we're ungodly. But in 5.8 it says, But God commendeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, ungodly, unworthy, unlovely sinners, Christ died for us. How amazing, how amazing is God's love? See, I put down here, God didn't send his son to die because I was attractive, because I was good, or because I promised or we promised to do anything. He did so. He loved us. Now here's the crazy thing. He loved us because he is love. That, if you've never, if you've never stopped to consider it, see, we think intellectually many times. But if you've never allowed that love, that level of, of seriousness when it comes to love to penetrate your heart, I pray that you'll do it today. Because here's the reality. He loved us because he is love. In fact, it was God's love that caused him to give his son, as 1 John 4.10 says, as the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation or atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, that word propitiation means atonement. And I don't have time to explain it, but I was talking with Travis. Back in the Old Testament, uh, the, the children of Israel would gather around the Ark of the Covenant. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant were two cherubims, and they faced one another. And, and it was called the mercy seat. And every year, as if it was some crazy religious exercise they would gather around and there was a prescribed method that they would come and they would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat folks God loved you so much that he sent his son to do away with that mercy seat and Jesus Christ became our mercy seat Woo! that makes me want to dance it beats the alternative no I will not dance for you God and love, check this out, God and love are synonymous. Anybody remember the word synonym from English class? They're synonymous. It's not just one of his attributes. God is love and love is God. Which, by the way, in 1 John 4, verse 8 and 16, the Bible actually says that same very thing. And so here's what I put down in my notes. He's worth loving He's worth you and I loving because his love is selfless. He is worthy. He's not only worth loving, he's worth our devotion. He's worth our service. I think back in, in, uh, in Jesus' day when he was walking the earth in Matthew chapter 15, in verse number 8. And in this verse, he's actually quoting 
uh, what the prophet Isaiah had said many years ago. And uh, he's relating these words to the Jewish people of his day. And here's what he says. He says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips. I wonder how bad this hurt him. And then he says, but their heart is far from me. And so this morning, just for a minute, I want us individually and corporately as a body of believers, I want us to consider whether or not we actually love God. And if we do, are we cultivating our love for God? Or are we like those in Jesus' day who with our lips honor him, but our hearts are far from him? Right? Are we just offering the Lord lip service when it comes to our love? Many of you will recall in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 36, you remember when the lawyer comes to Jesus and he says, oh, he says, Jesus, uh, tell us what is the greatest commandment in the law, right? And then in verse number 37 and following, you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind. And then he goes on and he says, this is the first and great commandment. And then in verse number 39, and he says, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so the lawyer says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love. He says, love. Remember in John 13, 34 and 35, he says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. And if you love one another, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Oh, listen. Jesus was saying at this time that we're to love God supremely and more than anything else. And that we should be willing to submit our lives and to offer our lives no matter what the cost is. Truly, when Jesus comes into a person's heart and life, that person develops a new love. I can't imagine Jesus coming into someone's life and that person saying, I still hate God. I still hate the church. I still hate people. That's just not, it's not possible. It's, it's really not possible. And, and the strange thing for me, the thing that I struggle with in this day and age, is I see a lot of people who say, I love God, but I hate people. John says that if that's you, and we don't have time to even uncover all that, he says, if that's you, does anybody know what he says? I don't want to say it because I don't want to upset anybody, but he says that we're a liar if that's what we say. If we say that we love God and hate our brother, we're actually liars. And so this, this idea of love is pretty important. You remember Jesus also used this comparison in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 37. He says, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He goes on, he says, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I was reading some commentaries, and it was Adam Clark in his commentary of the Bible. He said this, he whom we love the most is he whom we study the most to please. He's right. Whoever we love the most, that's the one that we're going to devote ourselves to. That's the one we're going to study the most about. That's the one we're going to give ourselves completely to, the one we love the most. Dear, right? In an earthly way, that's how we think many times. But what about spiritually when it comes to our love for God? Jesus said in, Ma in John chapter 15, in verse number 9, He said, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And he says, continue in my love. In other words, Jesus was saying that the same love that the Father had for him is the same love that Jesus wanted you and I to abide in. 
Guys, I got news for you. God is not offering some cheap imitation of love like the world. The world's got a whole different idea when it comes to the love of God, which is not consistent with God's word at all. In fact, before Jesus died, listen to what he prayed to his father in John chapter 17 and verse 24 and following. Jesus said, Father, I will that they also, speaking of his disciples, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. The only way we behold the glory of God is because of God's love. But he allows us to behold it. Watch this. He says, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture of God's love. We know that Christ, God's love, manifested through Jesus Christ, has given himself completely for you, for I, and for the sins of the world. How amazingly beautiful is it to think that we serve a God who says, I love you even though you're unlovely. Isn't that good news? I love you even though you're ungodly. You, you, don't even, you don't even love the things of God and yet I still love you. I love you even though you're disobedient. I love, you know, and it goes on and on. We could just keep filling in the blanks all day. But God loves us. Oh, listen. But I also know that there may be times in your life, because there have been times in my life, when we feel like we're all alone. You say, I know God loves me, but there have been times that I feel all alone. I feel like God's not close to me. I feel like, I feel like, it's a, a, like there's a distance between God and I. And I think for many times, many, many years, maybe our, our natural response is to say, well, look up, keep looking up, keep looking up. But today, I want us to consider maybe looking inward to find out maybe what the problem might be. You see, because as the title says, cultivating our love for God, that means that we're developing something. That means that we are working to do something. And if God has already provided all the love that we need, then what must we do? You say, well, God's love is free. Absolutely. My wife didn't charge me anything for her love. But the reality is it has cost me over time to develop that love, right? And so the same thing is true. And so maybe it's time that we cultivate or grow our love for him. And so here's two simple thoughts, two simple thoughts, and then we'll be done. Cultivating our love for God takes place as we get to know him more. Cultivating our love for God actually will take place as we get to know him more. Do you know one thing that's true with my relationship with my wife? And I told you that our love has grown over the years. But we're going on 29 years of marriage. It takes time. And it takes this word called persistence. Right? It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of persistence. Mainly on her part to love me. Right? But if we keep... Sometimes I think we do this. You know what this is. We keep somebody at arm's length. Sometimes I'm afraid we keep the Lord at arm's length. And then we wonder why our love for God isn't growing. We wonder why we feel alone. We, 
We, we have no prayer life. We have no intimacy with God. That's what he wants. He wants to have an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. Loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul and mind and strength is the goal, not knowledge. Knowledge does nothing. I mean, yes, the word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It comes through the eye gate and the mind gate, but then it must make its way to the heart. Oh, listen, I can assure you the more that we know about God, the more that we will love him. So how do we accomplish this? Say, well, how do I do this? You said that I'm going to cultivate this relationship the more that I know about him. How do we do this? Well, I guess you would expect me as the pastor to offer up all the usual suspects. You know, suspects like active Bible study, meditating on God's word, regular worship and daily prayer. You're absolutely correct. All of those things are incredibly important. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2, and I have to turn there with you. Turn over, look at Proverbs chapter 2. You can keep your finger over there, but in Proverbs chapter 2, I just want us to read here for a second. This is where Solomon is writing to his son about the wisdom that we can find within God's word. And notice, notice what he says And he's writing about this value of wisdom that comes from God. And in verse number 1 of chapter 2, notice what Solomon writes. He says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart unto understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then, notice verse number 5, then... Shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God? For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler or a shield to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. But notice verse number 10. When wisdom entereth into thy heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Folks, when wisdom of God enters our heart, there's no doubt that we will love him more because when the wisdom of God enters our heart, it will be laced with the knowledge that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die for you. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody randomly walked up to you and offered to die for you? I've never had that happen. I've never had anybody walk up to me and say, hey, bro, I love you so much. Whatever you need, man, I'm I'm ready to lay it down for you. I've never had that happen. And yet sometimes I think we're a little cavalier when it comes to the love of God. Oh, listen, 2 Timothy 2.15, the verse that all Awana leaders love to, to tout is the fact that you and I must study to show thyselves approved unto a God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. It takes effort to learn more about God. You remember what the psalmist, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 1, in verse number 2, he says that the man, he says, a man is blessed, he's blessed if his delight is in the law of the Lord, and if he meditates in God's law day and night. If we make it a regular part of our life, The psalmist says, we will be blessed. Oh, listen, we want to cultivate our love for God. It's going to take work. I'm going to find out who been listening to the radio 60 years ago. I was thinking yesterday, and it's crazy. I'm not even that old to know this song. 
But for whatever reason, yesterday I was thinking of that group, the teddy bears. Some of you start laughing already. You know who I'm talking about. But in the late 50s, the teddy bears had a song. To know him is to love him. You remember? To know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. And I do, and I do. The question is, do you love Jesus? Do you love God? Because the more you know about him, the more you're going to fall in love with him. By the way, knowing him more will no doubt result in us wanting to talk with him more. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Colossians 4, 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Listen, as we offer up prayers and petitions before the throne of God's grace and mercy where we can find help in our time of need, I got news for you. Worshiping God and praising God is going to be just as important. It's incredible to me. Sometimes I'm like the worship police, right? I look around, I'm seeing who's singing and who's not. Some of you men need to do this. Go home. I, I, I guarantee you will, it, it, it's going to hurt because, you know, it's like a, a, a muscle that hasn't been exercised in a long time. Guys, it's okay to sing praises to Jesus. I see some guys in back there like, Looking like a sour grape or something. Oh my lands, Jesus loved me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Oh my goodness, worshiping God is going to be an incredibly important part of our journey if we're going to cultivate our love for God. Psalm 66 verse number 4 says, All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee and shall sing thy name. Psalm 92 says, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. I want you to notice what Psalm 63 says. Check this out. In Psalm 63, verse number 3, here's what this David says. David's writing this psalm. Write, notice what he says. He says, because thy loving kindness. The word loving kindness actually is a reference to God's steadfast love and his kindness to us. Okay, so just so that we got it clear. He says, because of thy loving kindness is better than what? Folks, he says that God's loving kindness is better than everything. Anything that the world could offer you, anything that you think you could figure out on your own, he says God's loving kindness, his, his tender love, his tender care, his, his, his ongoing love for us, he says it's better then life, look what he says, and he says, because of it, he says, because of it, he says, my lips, what does he say, shall praise thee. Therefore, guys, God's love is the ultimate basis for our praise. So if we really understand God's love, when we come to God's house, or even if you're on I-66 riding down the road and you hear a great song, or you just think of a song, right, a song comes to mind. I want you to know, I don't care if the driver next to you thinks you're kooky or not. Man, it's a good time to sing praises unto the Lord. Because as we sing, we start remembering his goodness. We start contemplating everything that he's done for us. And in that moment, we are 
developing. We are cultivating. We're like, we're like a farmer with a rotor till. We're out there just rotor tilling the garden in February because the almanac says we're supposed to do it. Guys, cultivate our, your love for the Lord. Listen, he's worthy to be praised. Our God is worthy to praise. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 18. Watch this. David writes again, he says, I will love thee. Now you say, I will. Well, I got news for you. I will love thee actually means to love. And so David says, I love you. Watch what he says. He says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. In verse 2, why does he love the Lord? He says, Lord, I love you because you're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my deliverer. You're my God. He says it again, my strength in whom I will trust. You're my buckler you're, and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. He says, Lord, I will call upon you. Why? Because you're worthy to be praised. Our God is worthy to be praised. Oh, we'll be cultivating our real love for God the more that we get to know Him. And then lastly, cultivating our love for God takes place, yes, as we get to know Him more, but secondly, it takes place as we learn to trust Him more. You say, well, I've heard it all before. I know, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Folks, that's easy to read, that's easy to memorize, but sometimes it's much more difficult to practice. And the reason trusting God is difficult to practice is because trusting Him more requires that you and I exercise more faith. And exercising more faith and cultivating our faith takes place the more we exercise, it's a word that we love to hate, called obedience. See, the more that we exercise obedience, the more that our faith gets energized. And the more that our faith gets energized, the more we're willing to trust God. Jesus said this in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, we don't like that verse. I can tell people like, I'm not going to recite that verse. Because it requires me to actually do something. Cultivating a love for God will require you to do something. But oh my goodness, isn't it worth it? Jesus goes on and he says in verse 21 of that same chapter, he says, He that hath my commandments and keep them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Three verses later, notice Jesus simply says, He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He says, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. Now, folks, let's be clear. Love does not equal obedience, and obedience does not equal love. You say, well, how do you know that? Because I've worked a job before. Right? Anybody? Uh, don't, don't raise your hands. because we're not, we're not videoing, but, man, I'd hate this to get out to your employer, and your employer say, you're fired. Right? Have anybody, have, have you ever had a boss that you just, gritted your teeth, you're like, I'm going to obey him or her, but I really don't like it, or and you get all flustered and shake like that, and it does amazing things for your health, by the way. I would dare say in that moment, you don't love the person, but you obey the requirements of the job, right? So 
Love does not equal obedience, and obedience does not equal love, but I got news for you. When it comes to the things of God, it's one way that our love is evidenced. Speaking of Jesus, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9 tells us that being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that what? Obey him. Oh yes, yeah, Psalm 111, verse number 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and a good understanding have all they that what? Do his commandments. When we obey God, we are saying that we trust him. Nahum 1.7 says the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust him. Look with me back in our text, and I want you to flip one page over. Maybe it's on the same page for you, and I want you to look at 1 John chapter 5. In 1 John chapter 5, it's probably just down below where we were, they're on the same page. But I want you to notice what the Bible says as we close our message in verse 1 and following. The Bible says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is, or the idea there is, has been born of God. And everyone that loveth him, the Father that begat Jesus, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Speaking of other believers. Verse number two, by this we know that we love the children of God when we, what? Love God and do what? Keep his commandments. Folks, here it is. They're tied together. That's why when you enter the sanctuary and it says in beautiful foam letters that Len cut out for us, loving God, love his word, love people. You cannot tell me that you love God but don't want to abide by God's word. You cannot tell me that those two things are evident in your life, but yeah, I still love others. It doesn't work that way. If we have a love for God, we will develop that love. We'll develop our love for his word. We'll develop our love for other people. Do people ever rub us wrong? Anybody ever been rubbed raw by somebody? Maybe just this morning. Maybe on the way here, you're saying, my husband rubbed me raw on the way this morning. I can't wait to get out of here. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. How about you just show mercy and grace and give him a piece of Jesus' mind? Amen? Maybe our relationships would be better if we do that, right? Instead of giving one another a piece of our mind, how about we give them the mind of Christ? By the way, this won't cost you anything, but the Bible says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying to build up one another. Oh, listen. Oh, the love of God is an amazing thing as we cultivate our love for God and we keep his commandments. Those things are not going to be a heavy burden, but those things will actually become a blessing in our life. In fact, read on. It says, for this is the love of God, verse number three, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous or burdensome. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world or worldly impulses. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? Here it is. Here's the one who overcomes the world. But he that believeth or exercises faith that Jesus is the Son of God. Oh yes, like the song says, faith is still the victory that overcomes the world. But I can tell you 
Much like my relationship with my dear wife, my funny little honey, my helpmate, my Critavon Ritta, my Gurr. Our great God wants much more. Watch this. Our great God wants much more than just our trust and our obedience. He wants much more than us just singing a song on Sunday morning. He wants much more than us just coming occasionally to the throne of His grace and mercy where we can find help in our time of need. He wants much more than us just every once in a blue moon opening up His word when we have a problem. He wants our heart. He wants our heart. He doesn't, like, we get so focused off on all these other things and the reality is that we love Him because He first loved us. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing when we understand the love of God. Learning more about the never-ending love of God is a vital part of you and I and our Christian journey. Remember, God is real, God is love, and God loves you. We love Him because He first loved us. How you and I respond to His love makes all the difference in the world. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I've heard about God's love. I've heard those verses. I've seen signs in football stadiums that talk about God so loved the world. And I, I've heard those things, but I've never appropriated that love. I've never believed it. I've never exercised faith to ask God to come into my heart, to, to extend not only his love for all mankind, but to extend that special love relationship to me through the finished work of his dear son, Jesus Christ. I've never called out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sin or salvation. If that's you here today, do me and do yourself a favor. Don't leave this room. Don't turn off the podcast if you're listening online. Don't do it until you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. But if you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm a believer. I love God. Then my question to you would be, well, how much do you know God? If you tell me you love God, then how much do you know God? And if you say, well, I love God, uh, well, then how much do you trust God? Because our knowledge and our trust level are going to be bolstered by our love level and vice versa. Right? It's a crazy thing. Oh, by the way, one last thing. As we cultivate our love for God, if you guys can show 1 John 4.11. As we cultivate our love for God, we're going to be doing the same thing towards others. This is one of the verses that we don't like in 1 John chapter 4, where it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought, I love that word, we ought also to love one another. By the way, the Greek, the Greek meaning behind the word ought means to owe. It means to owe. So in other words, what it's saying is that it's an obligation. We must. We have no choice. Because God's love, once it penetrates our hearts, once it becomes a reality in our life, we have no choice but to extend that same love to others. And wouldn't this place be so much nicer if we would all do that? It's like when I was a kid, when they sent us out to the playground in grade school. You remember what the teachers used to say? I don't even know if they do this anymore. 
in grade school, but they would say to us as we went out for our favorite class of the day, it was called recess, right? Like you ask kids, what's your favorite class, recess or lunch, right? Uh, when they'd send us out for recess, you know what they would say? Play nice. How nice are we? God was very nice in sending his son. Oh, I'd say it was extremely convenient for you and I that God so loved the world that he gave us his son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.